Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Yet another disappointing loss. Actually, more frustrating, really. And there have been a couple of those this season. The good news, and yes, there is good news. The Cardinals are headed to the playoffs. They have clinched a playoff spot, but they're not playing like a playoff team, at least not right now. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 516, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So I don't know about you, MJ, but I am in no mood to celebrate clinching a playoff spot. For me, it's a hollow feeling. You make the playoffs on your couch and at the same time lose your grip on first place in the division. So the positive, yeah, but the negative, you're looking up now at the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, and, you know, we always talk about the goal going into the season for any team is to win the division and you're guaranteed a playoff home game. And the Cardinals put themselves in position to make a run. Unfortunately, though, the way they're playing – um, now all of a sudden they're looking up at the Rams, and you know they're four and one in the division, which is impressive. However, splitting with the Rams is going to come down to the tiebreaker, and obviously conference wins and you know division wins. But it's disappointing because they they had a grip on on the division for a while there, September, October, November. But we say when you get to December, um, December football is different, and. You know, the whole idea is, is to get in the playoffs and try to make a run, but it's almost like a consolation prize. But the fact is they uh, put themselves in position, they've earned the right, but they're not playing like a playoff team. And I don't want to dismiss those first seven games or even the first 12 games because those games matter. But it also matters how you're playing in the month of December. You talk about December football. One in three in the month of December. It does matter when you win, when you lose, how you're playing going into the postseason. So this team has two weeks to get things figured out. And amazingly, they still have an opportunity to win the NFC West. The Rams at Baltimore host the 49ers. Those are their last two games. Cardinals at the Cowboys host the Seahawks. Now, you have to hope that the Rams stumble, perhaps against the Ravens, because you – are a game back but because you bring up that division record if the Cardinals take care of business in week 18 against the Seahawks that means they finish five and one in the division that's incredible and that would be a game better than the Rams even if the Rams beat the 49ers but you have to finish with the same record and right now the Rams are 11 and 4 the Cowboys 10 and 5 so look it has not been good Bergang these past three games in fact it's been downright awful Yet at the same time, here we are talking about two games left with an opportunity still to host a first-round playoff game. Yeah, and, you know, it's really interesting. And maybe because of the 17th game this year over a course of 18 weeks, I mean, you've got a lot of other teams in other cities that are sitting there going, you know, they have to win out and get help. Cardinals are in. So we should be, you know, the fact that they are going to be one of the 14 playoff teams – it's just how they're playing. And, you know, you start looking at the offense and 
Uh, we'll get into the game, but just a deep dive here. You know, during this three-game stretch, they're throwing the ball 75% of the time, and they're running the ball 24% of the time. And we know that everything's predicated on the run game, and now is it, is it the offensive line they're not able to block? They're trailing in games. Um, I really don't know the identity of this offense. And, and, and going into the season, it was all predicated on running the ball, play action, and using your weapons. And, you know, Kyler Murray is definitely struggling. Um, you know, I, I don't want to use this as an excuse, but I still think he's learning. But what he did in the first half when he was 8-1 and one as a starter, what's transpired here? I mean, it seems like he's pressing a little bit. Now, let me throw this out there. Now that they clinched the playoff, Bert, do you think the pressure comes off a little bit? Wow, I, it's a excellent question because 0-3 with the opportunity to they were your own ticket. Yes, there, there was no question they were ahead of time and maybe because, you know, look, you want to you want to control your own destiny. You want to punch that ticket. And unfortunately for the Cardinals, it took a 49ers loss on Thursday night football and of all teams, the Los Angeles Rams to win on Sunday. So the Rams clinch a playoff spot and also say, hey, you know what, Cardinals, why don't you come along for the ride? Here, here we're reaching out our hand. Go ahead and grab it. Who would have thought that? That's just disgusting, that visual picture, by the way. First postseason appearance in 2015. So, yes, that should be celebrated. But, again, I have a hard time because of how this team is performing. But you bring up a good point. 0-3 in playoff clinching games. Now, all of a sudden, it's okay. You know you're in. So what happens this coming week against a very good Dallas Cowboys team? <laughs> they are rolling. That, that's where you want to be. If you happen to watch Sunday Night Football. Now, that team, before kickoff, had already clinched their division and made a statement. Now, can the Cardinals make a statement or at least get this ship righted, if you will? at the Cowboys against the Seahawks. That is going to be fascinating because maybe, I don't know, I, I, I would hate to think that now this team can play, I don't want to say relax because that that's the wrong term. But I understand what you're saying with all the pressure, all the eyeballs, all the questions that we talk about, the fans talk about, and I don't care what the coaches and players say in that locker room. They might not hear it directly, but they're hearing it from their family. They're hearing it from their friends. Turn on a television, turn on a radio, it's all over the place. But they're in now, and they have made that jump. They have made that next step. Ten wins. Nothing to be disappointed about or upset about. But I am upset how well this team is playing, and they're not playing well these past three games. Yeah, and, you know, just to get ahead of our – not to get ahead of ourselves, but according to um, ESPN – Right now, there's a 33% chance the Cardinals could play the Rams in the first round. And there's a 26% they could play the Cowboys in the first round, depending on if Dallas finishes fourth, Cardinals finish fifth. So you're looking at, clearly, when you get to the playoffs, you're going you're to play teams, whether it's the Packers, the Buccaneers, I mean, obviously the Rams, and then you got to figure out you know, who's going to be the other wild card team. But I just wonder now, because it happened twice last year, so that's 0 for 2 when they had a chance to clinch. That's all they had to win is one game in week 16 or 17. We know they lost to the 49ers and, of course, the Rams. And then you had an opportunity on on Monday Night Football against the Rams. You lost that game. Then you go to Detroit. So they were 0 for 5. I just wonder now they can just focus on – because at this point in time, yes, you got you got a game against the Cowboys and you got a game against the Seahawks at home. And you, like you said, if you go five and one, that's really good. Even though you you know 
again, you're not going to win 6-0. and That would have been remarkable. But the fact that you split with the Rams, you didn't get swept by the Rams this year. Um, they got to figure out who they are going into the playoffs. Not these, not these are throwaway games because you want to, you want to. Even if they win these two games, it, it will, I think it would uh, quiet the masses. But it's going to be a tough game in Dallas. The Cowboys are playing good football. You wonder what the Seahawks have left to play. First ten lost season, I think, under head coach Pete Carroll. They're going to finish with a losing record for the first time under Russell Wilson. So that was a terrible loss, and it was a bad loss to the Chicago Bears. So we'll wonder how much they have left. Well, so. I'm sure they're going to try to play spoiler role. I mean, they, what are they playing for? Is Russell Wilson going to be there next year? Is Pete Carroll going to be there next year? They 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 have a lot of questions, um, and fortunately, right now we don't have to worry about that. No, we don't. That's their problem, and our problem right now is getting the, this team back on track. Exactly. Quoting Kyler Murray post game Christmas night: "It's bad football." Those three words, talking about this three-game losing streak, including a loss to the Indianapolis Colts, 22-16. to It is Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. You brought up the offense, and I think for me, I'll agree with you. That is where I look where this team needs to figure things out. They've been held under 20 points in back-to-back games for the first time this season. Only twice in the past eight games has the offense scored 30 or more points. They did that six times in the season's first seven games. Did this team peak too early, or has the rest of the league caught up to the Arizona Cardinals? I don't know the answer to that, but we hear coaches say, hey, it's about adjusting and adjust to the adjustment that you say face from defenses. Right now, the onus is on that coaching staff to figure out what opposing defenses are doing and then the players to execute, starting with Kyler Murray. I think it's a combination because I don't think it was sustainable um, to put up 400 yards and 30 points a game. I mean, look how the Chiefs started off and look where they're at right now. That that. If we if the Cardinals could have had a couple losses early, maybe you know the focus would have been there and then went down the stretch. But again, it is what it is. We can't go back and change it. It's just I just don't know what the identity is. But I think it's a combination of teams have caught up, but also they've had some injuries, and everyone has injuries. And I and and I know you're going to say, and I really don't care about other teams' injuries personally. I look at the team we cover and they missed DeAndre Hopkins, it shows on Kyler Murray's completion percentage. But he's not coming back, so you got to figure it out. And, you know, Christian Kirk's had some drops. A.J. Green, there looks like there's some miscommunication. Um, but two games ago, he had over 100 yards. We didn't see Rondell Moore. It looks like Zach Ertz is kind of the target um, when it comes to getting the tight end involved in the offense. Um I think it was Drew Stanton on the Red Sea Report, and I couldn't agree more, and I give him credit for saying it. They miss Max Williams because that was their 11 personnel. That was the perfect 11 personnel guy because he can block and then also he can go out there. But getting James Conner back, I just think and, – and one thing that upsets me is, um, okay, hopefully Rodney Hudson come back, but there also have been some low snaps, but he, he he's not going to get – you know. Um, blown up on the line of scrimmage. He helps make the calls, and that takes pressure off of Murray. But after that that fumble in the safety, I did not like Kyler Murray's demeanor. Uh, he was upset. You know what? You know what a good quarterback would have done. He would have went over there and say, Max, you know what? You're playing out of position. I believe in you. Let's finish this game strong instead of being upset. And I didn't like that. And 
again, Max Gar- Garcia is playing out of position, and and Kyler's getting upset there. I understand, you know, when you're back in your end zone like that, but I want him to become more of a leader. You you put your armor on that guy and say, listen, I know you're trying, and and it's not about trying in the NFL. This is you're in the heat of the moment. It's not like he did it on purpose, but I just like to see Kyler take more leadership role. I didn't like the fact I know he's upset, but you're, you're, everyone's going to look at you and say you got to get us out of this this rut. I went back and watched that play specifically, looking at the snap, and it was low. It was to the left, but Kyler Murray's been dealing with low snaps all season long, regardless of who the center has been, including Rodney Hudson. So that's a ball that could have been caught. It could have been, and it should have been. So yes, you think he could have jumped on there? No, I mean I, I mean oh. catch the ball, not, oh. not not go. Oh, I got you before the ball is past him okay. because he is got that? he got credit for that fumble. But you look at it, and there have been there have been a lot of low snaps, and I don't even remember this being a topic or even noticed during training camp. So I don't know when this all began, but Hudson's had low snaps, Garcia's had low snaps, Harlow Harlow's had low snaps. So one. Kyler Murray is used to this. And again, look at that play. It was low to the left, but there was an opportunity for Kyler Murray to get that football before it went past him. Is it ideal? No, it's not. Okay, the only thing I'll say, did he have his eyes down the field? Because it's more of a feel. You you would like, it's like if somebody's throwing you a ball, you'd see it, but you're also, your your hands would be able to feel it to throw it down the field. I don't know because I, I have no idea what he was looking at. Uh, I didn't realize he had an opportunity. I just thought that ball was just rolling the entire time. Yeah, it did not hit the ground until it got past him. Now, what he did afterwards, it was smart to try to throw the ball. If you can find someone close to the area, maybe it's an incomplete pass. So you at least want to make sure you cover up the football, get rid of the football, or Punch it out of the back of the end zone. I, you don't want your defense it, to land on it. I was thinking it. about kicking it out, but that would still be a safety. Exactly. So either way, you're kind of yeah. – and I understand what you're trying to do. You're throw it. Maybe someone's in the area, but it was an easy call for the officials. And Kingsbury thought that had a big effect on the game, even though the Cardinals had a lead after that just for a small amount of time. You look at those two free points, and in the free kick, the Colts kick a field goal. So that's five points. And to Kingsbury's points point – all right, you subtract five off the 22, so now it's 17-16. You have the ball with an opportunity not needing two scores, but just one Matt Prater 28-yard field goal. Now all of a sudden you take the lead 19-17. So to Kingsbury's point, he's absolutely correct, even though in that third quarter the Cardinals led 13-12. But those five points, that sequence, about four minutes at the end of the first half, derailed this football team in the head coach's mind. Well, and then if you want to talk about special teams, seven points there, and then the two-point safety, that's nine points. Now, we're playing the what if. And listen, the only time we talk about special teams is um, when either a new long snapper comes in or a punter that doesn't have the experience to be a holder. I feel for Matt Prater because he told us even though they beat Seattle, that was the worst game in his career. How does he feel this morning? Second three missed kick game of the season, and he's never missed three kicks. Field goal, PAT, he's never missed three times in the single game before this season, and now he's done it twice. Now, he put the onus on himself in Seattle. 
Now, this one had more to do with Colt McCoy holding that first one. The laces were pointing towards Matt Prater. So you always hear laces out. They were not out. So those were issues on the first two holds because I think – and Jay Feely on social media was paying attention, and I trust Jay Feely on the PAT that was wide left. The laces weren't facing Prater, but they hadn't been completely spun forward. They were a little bit horizontal, and that affects the trajectory of your kick. Now, the last missed field goal with Winslow holding, I think that may be just Matt Prater trying to compensate and – do something different, and that one uh, hit the right upright. Right. So you're right. You only talk about special teams when things go bad. I'm not worried about Matt Prater. I'm not worried about the snap, the hold, or the kick, as long as you have Aaron Brewer, Andy Lee, and Matt Prater. It was a bad game, second bad game. It didn't cost you against the Seahawks. It did play a factor. I'm not going to say it cost the Cardinals because too much bad happened Christmas night, including 11 penalties for 85 yards. Costly penalties. Five of those 11 penalties, pre-snap penalties. And that I don't understand. Well, I don't understand false start penalties at home. Three by Josh Jones. In the first first half. It just cannot happen. And then two offsides and neutral zone infractions by the defense. In fact, those were back-to-back plays. Corey Peters and Lucky Fotua to allow the Colts to get a first down. But a season-high 11 penalties for a season-high 85 yards. The past four games since the bye week, eight penalties, seven penalties, seven penalties, 11 penalties. And the word that Kingsbury used going into the bye, bye week, where did this team need to get better? And going into the bye week, they were very, very good. We need to play cleaner football. They're not playing clean football. So this is – and this is on the players because Sean Kugler's not false starting. Vance Joseph's not jumping into the neutral zone. That's player discipline. And let's go back to training camp. If you jumped off sides or a false start, you came out. I mean, you can't do that in the game. Oh, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because thinking about it, I don't see why Sean Harlow could not have gone in there and played right guard, especially after the second false start penalty. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a little disappointed in the development of, of Josh Jones. I mean, he shows flashes. He looks the part. Um, and and I trust Sean Coogler and Brian uh, Nack and the, uh, the the offensive line coach. But I I was hoping more. And Sean Harlow to me is, is is you know he's kind of your eighth lineman, but he's had a play. Yeah, it's just again this the offensive line to me was a strength going into the season. Now when you have injuries and you're mixing and matching guys, you know, I mean for the most part, Pew and and Hump been been on that left side, the center spot with COVID and the rib injury with Hudson. You have had Harlow in there, and um, even Pew had an injury. So he, and the right guard's been kind of just. It's kind of been a revolving door, and if if Hudson's playing, then it's Max Garcia, and Max Garcia to me, um, you know, he's a veteran guy that has experience, but I also think he's more of a backup. But he's been put into a starting role, and so ideally, you'd like to have the same five guys. It doesn't happen, but they need to play better too when it comes to the running game and the pass protection. Now, one thing that I liked yesterday when I was watching the game and I was watching Patrick Mahomes, I wish Kyler Murray would learn this. 
stay in the pocket, buy time instead of instead of when you see something or your your first and second read and you want to take off. Get in that scramble drill. Patrick Mahomes is the I wish Kyler would watch Patrick Mahomes where he doesn't want to run, but he's going to flush the pocket out and and his guys are going to get the scramble drill. And we know that Kyler Murray can make all the throws especially on the run instead of taking off and running. Now Again, 57-yard run, great. You know how I say if, if there's an opportunity, pull it down and run. But I think based on this offense, he can't be running around with his head cut off or it's like like, like his chicken, uh, chicken out there. He's got to make the plays inside the pocket, and we haven't seen that as much as we did in the first half of the season. 74 rushing yards for Kyler Murray. That's too many. That does account for the career-long 57 yard run, which I think was more on Kyler Murray seeing a lot of wide open space. And if he's going to do that, that's great. But going back to your talk about the offensive line and the protection, you talk about that U shape, the upside down U. The tackles are doing their job, but when that interior gets pushed back into the face of Kyler Murray, one, it's very unnerving, and two, yeah, his size plays a factor. It's hard for him to see over offensive linemen and defensive linemen who are 6'5 and taller, especially when they're right in front of his face. And it's more difficult to try to escape that pocket because he's trying to drift backwards, but the tackles are doing such a good job to form that upside-down U, he's really trapped and has nowhere to go. So it's the interior of the offensive line that needs to play better and not allow that push from the middle, allow Kyler Murray to step up in the pocket. Too many times he was unable to step up, and when you try to scramble, yeah, we've seen him get outside, but we've also seen him get caught. You know, he's very quick. He's very fast, but he's not as fast as he was in college compared to the other athletes on the football field. Well, prime example is the first play uh, on offense against the Lions. I mean, you you had a linebacker, and that guy played great. Uh, number 53, Harris, I mean, he was able to get to the sidelines. And Kyler normally is trying to get around the corner. We've seen in the first year 270-pound linemen take a different angle and they get to him. I mean, I I think he makes good decisions on there. He protects his body. Um, But getting Rodney Hudson back, I can't emphasize it enough. I mean, he he doesn't get – he doesn't get plowed over. I mean, he does. He's only given up a couple of pressures this year. He that's part of the U. Now, Pew obviously has experience, and who's the right guard? They have to do their job. Otherwise, you're asking Beecham to to help there. And again, um, we don't see uh, Demetrius Harris or Darrell Daniels as much, but you may have to you may have to go mass protection sometimes. Zach Ertz, high effort guy, but he's not a blocker. He's not Max Williams. And and it looks like Zach Ertz has become the go-to guy when it comes to targets, him and Christian Kirk and A.J. Green, uh, because there's no DeAndre Hopkins out there. We did see Harris play 21 snaps, Daniel 6, so there were a lot more 12 personnel and sometimes even 13 personnel out there on the football and, field. And Demetrius Harris is that com- combo guy. He's a decent blocker, but he also can catch the ball. I think Darrell Daniels is strictly more of a blocker. We don't see them utilize him in the passing game. And we now, saw, if he's wide open, you throw it to him. Saw Harris in the backfield a lot of the times, yeah. at least start there initially. And that's like an H-back. So you see him in there, and now he can either 
chip if somebody's getting close to Kyler Murray or he can go out for a pass. I like that because if the if the line can't hold up, you need a last line of defense, and hopefully he could be that guy before your quarterback gets hurt. I made a comment on Twitter during the game going back to the center quarterback exchange and the number of low snaps that Kyler Murray needs to start thinking about going under center a lot more. He was under center on Christmas night. He started the game under center. The response was, there was a lot of response, but there was some pushback as well, and I understand. Kyler Murray's not as comfortable under center. That's well and good, but guess what? He does an offense no good if he doesn't get the football in his hands, and that's first and foremost. So he's dealt with low snaps all season long. Either he needs to figure out to be better, keep his eyes focused more on catching the football as opposed to what you were saying, looking downfield, which it's it's more of a feel. He should see that ball like he's done it a million times. So, But I also think if the ball's to the left or right, you have to look down and get it. I'm not saying he was. I don't know what he was looking at, but a lot of times it's a feel. You know the ball's coming your field, and you, he, he does a really good job of grabbing it and all of a sudden ready to, to, to get his shoulder going when he needs to throw it. Um, now, are we talking – I know it's happened more than it should, but are we talking three or four times a game it's happening, or is it one or two? I think he's bending down. He, he's having to crouch, yes. lower his body, his and his eye level with the and line of scrimmage and, and it's to good, get the football. And it's a good point you said because, you know, being under center to me – I don't mind it, especially if you got a James Conner and you're in a short yardage instead of you know being in the gun. But we know the RPO and zone read are part of this offense. But when you take under center, when you go back to pass, you you turn your your you're you're only looking at 50 percent of the field. When you're in the shotgun RPO, you see the entire field. So there are pluses and minuses to both. I just think at this moment, until you get that center exchange figured out to where you can be an Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and you're in the shotgun where you know that football is going to be at your chest 100% of the time to where you don't have to look the football into your hands and you can survey the defense. Until we get to that point, maybe Kyler Murray does need to go under center because he does you no good without the football in his hands. Now, and that's where it all begins. Now, when it comes to Max Garcia and Sean Harlow, definitely more than Rodney Hudson. I mean, Hudson's had more snaps, so you, you, there's more opportunities for that to happen. But I don't see it as prevalent when when Hudson's in. It does happen. I'm not going to say it's not. But I think it's been more when Garcia and Harlow have been there. And I think it's because they know that the, playing that position, those D tackles are coming after him. And, and now you've you got to snap it, and then you got to block. And they just don't have the experience that Rodney Hudson has. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As we look back at Christmas nights, a 22-16 loss to the Colts and now a three-game losing streak, four straight at State Farm Stadium. Let's look and discuss what happened against the defense because I do think, and we got a call on Cardinal Talk about Vance Joseph and him and his units on how not well have they performed, at least recently, but... I'll go back to what has been talked about either in training camp. This defense does not need to be top five, top ten. Not when you have an offense that can score 30 points a game. You held the Colts to 22. That's good enough in the National Football League in this day and age, even in the month of December. 
the defense did its job. Now there are some pluses and minuses. You want to go, which way do you want to go first? You want to go run defense or pass defense? Uh, let's go run defense. All right. To me, a major step forward with the run defense. Jonathan Taylor was all we talked about last week. It's all anyone talked about. And I think the Cardinals, after that first offensive play, 43 yards, and you're like, oh, my goodness. What's this guy's going to run for a buck 70. And Isaiah Simmons either wasn't in the right spots or didn't do what he was supposed to because all of a sudden we saw less of Isaiah Simmons in rundown situations and more Joe Walker. It was asked at Kingsbury postgame. He mentioned Simmons was, quote, banged up, and he was listed on the injury report with a shoulder issue. But in obvious passing situations – Second and long, third and long, more third and long. We saw Isaiah Simmons because then straight line for the quarterback. You don't have to worry about someone coming at you as far as run blocking. And Joe Walker, I thought, did a yeoman's job, especially considering he's a backup like Max Garcia. You're not a starter. You're in there as a backup. But I like what the defense did against Jonathan Taylor. 108 yards rushing, but on 20 of his 27 carries, three yards or less, and nearly half of those carries, he was tackled for a loss. Eight times he was brought down behind the line of scrimmage. That's tremendous defense in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, after that 43-yard run, all of a sudden they're, he's the MVP of the league, and I'm sure more fantasy people, and that to hold him to 108 yards. Again, if you want to go through it, okay, the Cardinals had two sacks, 10 tackle for losses. That means they're winning at the line of scrimmage. Now, people are going to say they were missing three starters. Okay. So that means that Jonathan Taylor's not an MVP unless he has the, his offensive line. Is, 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 is the chicken before the egg thing? I mean, when you look at it, obviously you need a good offensive line, and Quentin Nelson's one of the best there. So 10 tackle for losses, seven quarterback hits. And I would say for the first three quarters, they put pressure on Carson Wentz. And seeing him in person, arm strength a little bit better than I thought, and he stood in the pocket and made some throws. Where he excelled was in the fourth quarter, especially when they got that, that he threw that nice touchdown. The guy only caught one pass the entire game. Um, and I, I, I thought the way Vance was bringing Buda Baker and they were using that run blitz, I thought he would throw an interception or two, but I give him credit he didn't. Um, uh, they had seven quarterback hits, three passes defense. So – those numbers where they control the line of scrimmage. Now, the secondary. And this goes back to that string analogy. Get pressure on the quarterback helps the secondary. If the secondary is doing its job, that helps the pass rush. And what we're seeing now is that secondary get lit up. Four pass plays of 20 or more yards, two of 30 or more yards. And now twice during this three-game losing streak, MJ, the defense has allowed four passing plays of 20 or more yards. That happened only once in the season's first 12 games, and that was a game at Cleveland. Twice now we're seeing it. Is it the secondary getting tired, getting recognized and exposed, or is it the inability of Chandler Jones, Marcus Golden, Devon Kennard, the interior of the defensive line, to get pressure on quarterbacks, whether that's Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, or Carson Wentz. You just brought up how much um, Wentz was pressured. So credit to him. We talked about, hey, make the Colts one-dimensional, make Carson Wentz beat you. He did on Christmas night. 
The thing is, I think when you you look at Marco Wilson, and obviously the Cardinals were excited when they drafted him, and I think he's going to have a bright future. But over the last three games, teams are targeting Marco Wilson. And Byron Murphy's kind of tailed off a little bit too. Um, Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, you know, I think, you know, Buda played a really good game. He had 12 tackles. He had two tackle for losses, two quarterback hits, one pass defense. I mean, he really played well. Um, but there were a couple games when these guys were missing tackles, and that was unusual. Uh, no Robert Alford. Robert Alford brings some physicality to that position. And so, you know, you're relying on a third-year player who's made major strides, but also, you know, Marco Wilson, I think he's got to be more focused. I, I think he, he he loves the lifestyle of being in the NFL. He's got all the attributes, but at some point, you know, you got to stick your nose in the fan. you got to be a little more physical. And But teams are targeting him. I had my binoculars on, as you do. I watched Carson Wentz go to line of scrimmage at least two or three times because the Cardinals, as we talked about, they were loading up the box and they are hoping between Pittman and, and T.Y. Hilton – and I wasn't concerned with T.Y. Hilton, even though he didn't get a touchdown pass. I was concerned with Michael Pittman because I know he was like 100 yards away from 1,000. I watched him last year, how uh, successful he was. But I watched Carson Wentz every time the Cardinals went to the line of scrimmage, and if they were loading the box up, they were getting man-to-man press coverage on the outside. Now, he wasn't lined up at the line he was waiting for him, and he targeted Marco Wilson back-to-back. And 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 the one play that Walker missed, I think it was a Doyle before he got hurt around, you would like to see more of an athletic player in there. But, again, Joe Walker's a smart player, special teams. But it's kind of an indictment they can't use Zayvon Collins in those situations, which is another conversation we'll have later in the week. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot you touched right there and all valid points because the plan going in, do your best to limit Jonathan Taylor. Cardinals checked that box put pressure on Carson Wentz check that for three quarters they were in his face he took some shots that fourth quarter was the difference in the game because now it's 21 13 it's again it's you got to get nine points now that touchdown drive you're talking about in the fourth quarter Cardinals trail 15 13 but then the Colts go on a seven play 69 yard drive in which they converted on second and 17 Pittman had a 20-yard catch and run. Second and eight, Hilton, a 39-yard catch and run, which set up the Colts' first and 10 at the Cardinals' 15-yard line. Those two big pass plays allowed the Colts to extend their lead with the touchdown 22-13 with six and a half minutes left to go. Now, all of a sudden, it's a two-score game, and the Cardinals weren't able to overcome that deficit. And, and Wentz was pressured on that play. He scrambles. And he's aware enough to know he's not going to go across the line, and he threw a dart. That that was a perfect pass. Only one guy could have caught that. So for you, it's the secondary. It's the corners to a certain extent, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson. But we talked about you load the box, you take away the run, you're putting those corners on an island, a lot of pressure on them, and I don't know if they met the challenge that put before them by the coaching staff. I agree, but it's not like they got beat for a 60-yard bomb. Everything was in front of them. But it was the when when all of a sudden it's second and twenty and they, you know you, you can't give up that you can't give up that two, for a first down you got to keep everything and they, they did that, but it was like we're going to continue to go at him because um, and if he if he's at the line of scrimmage I would think Pittman would be able to get around him and then all of a sudden you're talking about a fifty yard touchdown pass so tackling but Marco Wilson 
he's got to get more physical. And I know he's he's got all the attributes, the size, but I want to see him get more physical. And, you know, and that's something that will come. Maybe he's got to get stronger in the weight room. And we know Murphy plays physical, but they do miss Robert Alford just from a physicality standpoint. Fifteen games of film. Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, and perhaps now teams are figuring out those two young corners. I'd include Byron Murphy as a young corner. Yes, he's a veteran. He's getting better, but still there's a lot that he can work on. Right, and and we're trying to figure out, is he more of an inside guy or outside guy? Usually your number one corner plays the outside, but in this day and age. Um, and it's not the first game that teams have gone after Marco Wills. It really started in the Rams game and then in the in the Lions game. And then, and, and I, trust me, he should have never been called for a defensive pass interference. Should have never been called for And then he gets hurt on the play. He made a great play, nearly had an interception, and you're right. Now all of a sudden he's dealing with a shoulder injury. That pressed Antonio Hamilton into more snaps or the second most snaps he's played all season long. So you're going into this week against Dak Prescott and that Cowboys wide receiver core with a question mark with Marco Wilson, and Robert Alford's on IR. He has to miss at least one more game. So that's this week. He's missed the past two, and you're looking at what – quarterbacks are doing to the Cardinals whether that is Jared Goff whether that's Matthew Stafford and now Carson Wentz eight passing touchdowns in the last three games that defense had allowed seven in the six games prior to this three-game losing streak yeah and I know Kyler Murray doesn't play against the opposing quarterbacks but all three of those games Kyler Murray's been outplayed by those quarterbacks all three and Stafford, Goff, and Wentz. And the only quarterback that you can make an argument that has had a better season than Kyler Murray is Matthew Stafford. Yesterday's performance against the Vikings and his three interceptions, not part of the uh, conversation because Stafford has played well. And there are a lot of people who believe that he deserved a Pro Bowl nod over Kyler Murray. But, yeah, you should not be outplayed by Jared Goff. You should not be outplayed by Carson Wentz. But Wentz beat the Cardinals defense Carson Wentz one-upped Vance Joseph took away Jonathan Taylor all right so what do we have to do because I was not expecting Wentz to have 28 pass attempts oh no what was he five for 12 the week before yeah and he had as now they ran for 200 yards on the Patriots he had as many completions against the Patriots as he did and I think on that first drive or the first quarter against the Cardinals Craig if you go back and look at Stafford, okay, Goff, and Wentz—they're completing like seventy percent of their passes. I mean, their 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 efficiency is off the charts. You would think it'd be like sixty-three percent. I mean, and they're not throwing the ball forty times a game. Now, getting back, I I'd rather have Antonio Hamilton out there than Marco Wilson, just from a standpoint, experience and physicality. Now, you need more corners than just a couple guys. Hopefully, Wilson's available. But I got no issue putting Antonio Hamilton. I thought he played well. He's had one of those seasons in which all of a sudden you didn't expect you'd need him. Now all of a sudden he becomes needed. Now you do have Breon Borders on the active roster. You've got Kevin Peterson who was elevated from the practice squad of the active roster as another option, especially with Wilson being questionable now this week. And Peterson was out there when Wilson went down. Normally you don't see Kevin Peterson, number 27. You see him on special teams, and he's more of a safety. But he can play both. That's how you clear, uh, you know, get a roster spot. But he was out there on defense, which is uh, – I haven't seen that in a long time. 
Murphy played all 70 defensive snaps. Antonio Hamilton, 57. Marco Wilson, 27. Peterson, 24. So there's now all of a sudden a question mark in the Cardinals secondary. Might be this recent stretch. And I think we talked about the passing defense uh, a couple of times over the past couple of weeks. But now all of a sudden here in December, is it more film, more attention, or does it go back to that pass rush needing to get home a lot sooner to help out the secondary? Well, when when you do that, you're putting your corners on islands. So that I mean, it, it's really a catch twenty two. If they're maybe sometimes Vance is going to have to back off. Uh, easier said than done. I mean, because he's you know Dak Prescott. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's back. Um, we know that I, I think their defense is better than their offense, but based on last night, you, I mean, they're throwing touchdown passes to linemen, and, and defense alignment are getting touchdowns. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, I, I just – the problem is they're not forcing turnovers. They did not have a takeaway. Didn't turn the ball over either. No. And, that, and that's well, to be applauded as well because that Colts defense, yeah, they didn't have Darius Leonard. Yes. And that's – I, I, I'm by the way, MJ here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals for the rest of this regular season and postseason. For how long it lasts, I don't care about the other team, how many players they're without, because it doesn't matter. Packers, Rams, Colts, three primetime games, three times the Cardinals faced a depleted roster, and all three times the Cardinals lost. And I got to give credit to you because you know we kind of scares have, the heck out of me now. I know because we. Friday you get the injury report, and then you know usually in 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 you know teams will make uh, roster moves. And this this was uh, Leonard news came out on game day, yes, like a couple hours. So I always look at you and you go, I don't want to uh, go back to the Packers game, and you're 100 percent right. And then you go back to the Rams game when they didn't have Jalen Ramsey and a couple of their other star players. Yeah, I'm with you. And that's why I said earlier, I really don't. It's not I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but I'm not focusing. I'm focusing on how the Cardinals need to get some guys back. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Now it's funny because it's not a, it's not about just you know who's healthy. We also the teams are dealing with COVID now. I mean, COVID's like it's it's the, it's the opponent in COVID, and you got to hope that you don't have guys on COVID, especially when you get to the postseason. So not only you have to you not only have to you know game plan, but all of a sudden something pops up in the week, you got to deal with COVID now. It, it, I mean, every team's dealing with it, and hopefully the Cardinals are in, you know, where you get a spike or anything. But to me, that's a big factor on some of these games that we're seeing. How many? I mean, luckily we haven't had a spread, knock on wood. But you're watching these games, and 12 guys are out. So now you got to deal with COVID moving forward. Well, the Cardinals did play without their head coach, Chandler Jones, Zach yeah. Allen, Corey Peters, against the Cleveland Browns. So teams have shown, and the Cardinals have seen it. Packers, Rams, Colts have seen it without certain players because of COVID. Now all of a sudden guys step up. How do you handle it? So Cardinals know they've been it. They've been through it. Hopefully they don't have to go through it ever again. But I'm getting a little tired of teams being without four offensive linemen, losing a fifth, and then all of a sudden a tight end, and you're still losing these games. Well, I mean, and I think the 16-man practice squad has gone a long way. Look at Craig Reynolds, right? I mean, he doesn't get an opportunity unless something happens. And then we talked about the the secondary for the Colts. They had almost two or three starters out. Those guys were practice squad players. But they've been in the system, and they always look for an opportunity. 
So I, I, when I look at the practice squad guys, these guys are getting reps in practice, but the, you got to give these guys credit that have an opportunity. They, they held up well against the Cardinals' uh, wide receivers and tight ends. And you, you know, you don't like to hear the head coach post game, you know, give credit to the other team, but at the same time, when you're missing your two starting safeties and a corner for the Colts, and Kyler Murray is not as accurate. Yeah, receivers are dropping the football. Okay, well, what's going on? Well, you should be able to have more success. And then on the flip side, as well as the Cardinals' defense did against Carson Wentz as far as getting pressure, he was without three starting offensive linemen, lost a fourth Eric Fisher during the game, lost a tight end in the first half, yet we did see Carson Wentz play very, very well. Now, maybe that was more awareness on his part, realizing that, hey, you know what? They've taken Jonathan Taylor away. My offensive line is not as great. I've lost my all-pro left guard, my best center. Now, all of a sudden, maybe I need to roll out a little bit more, buy myself some extra time. So, don't like doing it. But, yeah, you do have to give credit for the Indianapolis Colts. I would just like to think that at this point in the season, the more talented team win. And the Cardinals are the more talented team on paper. Game's not played on paper. And too many times, the less talented team, twice now during this three-game losing streak, the Lions included, the less talented team, but has played better, has beaten the Cardinals. Well, the Colts came in here with some momentum, though. The Cardinals are trying to find that momentum. They're trying to find their mojo back. Now, I think, you know, we talked about it all week. Frank Wright has been in that system for a long time. He's got a really good staff. They're well coached. They don't beat themselves. And they actually gave the GM a game ball because of the depth he created so they can win this game on the road and be in contention to possibly, uh, you know, compete with the Titans. I listened to Bill Belichick come to the podium yesterday. He said, We got out coached. We got out played. Um, we didn't bring our A game. Give Buffalo credit. I, I don't like hearing that. But when I hear Belichick tell, and, and Kingsbury has been doing that for the first couple of years. And, and, and during the week when we ask about an opponent, I get the sense that it's about us, not about them. Kyler Murray really – we never ask Kyler Murray, what do you think about their defense? I'm sure he watch, he's watching film, but the Cardinals feel like it's about us. But I, Belichick did the same thing when he got to the podium. He, it was almost like two weeks ago where he didn't want to talk. He said, we didn't play. I got outcoached. We got outplayed. We didn't show up today, and they were at home. And then you look what happens with the Texans and the Chargers. Yeah, all of a sudden the Chargers, which were the darlings of the AFC for a period of time, now all of a sudden they're struggling. They might not even make the postseason. So Any given Sunday in December, Craig, throughout the records, you just want to be playing better than the Cardinals are. And we know that they can play better. We just haven't seen it. Now the question is, is there enough time for them to get things righted before they go into the playoffs? Well, the good news, and maybe it's bad news, but you got two games to figure it out, but – I, I just wonder, at the end of the day, now that they don't have the pressure, three consecutive games, two last year, let's just focus on getting back to the basics. Let's focus on, you know, what we do best and, and try to utilize that the next two games and then try to make a run in the playoffs. By the way, outside of your Christmas night, how was Christmas Day in the Jarecki household? It was awesome. Actually, I went to Mass on Christmas morning, and then my mom came over and we had kind of a brunch, and then I got to the stadium about 1 o'clock, but we celebrated Christmas yesterday. On Sunday? On Sunday. Oh, delicious prime rib. <laughs> and I got leftovers. Now, and, and I was able to hang out with Riley all day because usually on Sundays I'm at the stadium. So, it, no, I, I, I watched football, but I wasn't really paying attention to everything. I was looking at more, you know, how does this affect the Cardinals and seedings and stuff like that. 
But I did watch the the late game last night, and man, <laughs> yeah, it looked like a track show. Not quite ready to discuss the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> yet, but uh, that is ahead as we continue here well, this week. Just think about the quarterbacks in the postseason. <laughs> Murderers row in, in in the NFC. But as we're told, and you mentioned it either as well, any given Sunday, each week is its own week. Yeah. So that's how you have to kind of look at it. Absolutely. And and again, um, I just I hope that, that that cloud's not hanging over them. Let's go out there and play football. Do what you guys do best. Get the mojo back. Get back to basics. And at the end of the day, the works in, in one thing is disappointing is we hear how well they practice, but it's not carrying over to the game. How does that happen? You practice like you should play on game day. Kingsbury used the word a couple of different times post-game. There's a disconnect, and that's not encouraging. Although, Chase Edmonds, quote, we have more than enough playmakers on offense to get the job done. They do, and the onus, I believe, is on the offense to turn this team around. And I love one of the captains said after the game, Buda Baker was talking about the penalties. And he wasn't just talking about defensive penalties. He was talking about false starts. So the love and penalties, and I like the fact that he wasn't just saying, hey, we can't have personal foul penalties on our side of the ball. We can't have false start penalties. And that's a leader right there, knowing, hey, I don't want to upset the apple cart, but we can't have 11 penalties if we're going to win a playoff game. And Buda, I thought Buda hit her right on the head. Usually you focus on your side of the ball. we got to do better. But he talked about the entire team where the penalties came back to haunt them. A lot to be corrected in every phase. Plenty of blame to go around. Now we just wonder, is there enough time to get things fixed? Because right now this Arizona Cardinals team is broken. But can it be fixed? And we'll continue to discuss that right here on Cardinals Cover 2. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.